This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. We are now on part three. We've done the most important part of your business, which is maintenance. We've talked about service. And now we're going to go to the four o'clock part of the clock, and we're going to talk about replacements or jobs or projects or whatever you want to call them. The more, main, the, the more maintenance you have, the more project work you're going to have, the more replacement work you're going to have. From a residential perspective, the rule of thumb is that for every year, about 6 to 8% of your maintenance base will replace their systems. And that's residentially. The number is actually higher in coastal areas because of the salt and everything else like that that hits the equipment. And, you know, you're going to replace equipment probably about every six years, maybe eight years in coastal areas. A little bit long. I mean, you know, take an air conditioner in Maine. How many run hours are there? Not a whole lot. So... From that perspective, it's going to be um, a little bit longer. So it may not be 8%. It might be you know 4% or 6%. But there is a percentage of your client base that will actually replace their systems every single year. And so what you want to do is you want to make sure that your service technicians are talking to your customers about life expectancy of equipment. And where do they do this? Probably when they're doing maintenance, see how all this stuff gets connected. So part of the conversation for a unit that's probably, depending upon where you are, let's assume that the average life expectancy is 12 to 14 years or 10 to 12 years. Let's assume it's 12 years. Um What they will say, if the system is like 10 years old, you know, Mrs. Jones, the manufacturer's expected life is 12 years for this system and your system is now at 10 years old and it's still, you know, working in the best condition for its age, but you may want to start budgeting for a new system. So what did we do? We put the thought in the customer's brain. Now, she might say, okay, thank you very much for letting me know and you go on to whatever else it is. Or she might say, can you give me a budget number? Now, some of you let your tech sell. Some of you have a salesperson come out. However, it happens. But what they've done is you've actually got the opportunity to replace systems in operating equipment. You know, plumbers can do this with water heaters. The average water heater life, you know, is 10 to 12 years, maybe 14 to 16, you know, whatever it is in the area and how often they use it and everything along those lines. Keep in contact with your customers. And when it's getting towards the life expectancy end of life, let your customers know. I mean, the last thing a customer, one of your customer wants on a 12-year-old water heater is to turn on their shower one morning at 7 o'clock in the morning and no hot water comes out. It's not a really good way to start the day. However, if you have told the customer time and time again that the life expectancy of their water heater is, you know, 12 years or whatever it is in, in your area, and they've been told and their water heater's 13 or 14 years old and they turn the water on and there's no hot water, they can utter an expletive and go, whatever, 
I should have had my water heater replaced, you know, and it's it becomes an emergency rather than something that can be done that's planned. The other reason that you do maintenance and replacements is that my research and the contractors that I work with, our closing rate on replacement for maintenance agreement clients is about a little over 80%. Some of them are over 90%. But let's assume, you know, most of my clients are over 80%. That means whoever the salesperson is, it becomes a slam dunk for all intents and purposes. You go out to the customer, you know you're going to pretty much have the customer say yes because they trust you, okay? You know, contrast that with an ad that you place on the radio or television and somebody calls you and you're one of six bids. You know, what's your closing right there versus Mrs. Jones, who's been your maintenance agreement customer for 12 years, and the technicians have already warned her and put the bug in her ear, and you know the closing rate is huge. I'd much rather have the closing rate on maintenance. So the more maintenance you have, the more replacements that you have. All right. So the e, um, if you're look if you're looking at a lot of the things with respect to maintenance, it's not always the cheapest contractor who gets the work. Um, it's who is the trusted contractor. And if a contra- and if the customer trusts you and got referral from her mother or her brother, her neighbor, whatever else it is, and their neighbor is very happy with their new system, the likelihood is you're going to get that particular referral. So you want to make sure that, that you actually do a really good job and you want to make sure that you call 30 days after the system was installed. And you want to say, Mrs. Jones, I'm calling to follow up and make sure that you're still really, really happy with your new system. And hopefully the customer says yes, you know, and they should have gotten a utility bill and it should be lower and all the other fun things that go along with that. And you ask the question, by the way, who have you talked to about your new system? And be quiet. If you ask the question, do you know anybody who could use a new system, the answer is going to be no. But if you ask the question like I just asked it, Mrs. Jones, who have you talked to about your new system? They've talked to somebody. No human being spends thousands of dollars on any project. And I don't care whether it's an air conditioning or a plumbing system, a kitchen remodel, whatever, new landscaping. They talk to somebody. And they'll start thinking in their head, you know, if you're quiet and let them think about who they've talked to and the conversations that they've had. And they go, you know, my neighbor came over here and he did ask the question about the unit, da 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 Oh, that's terrific. Um, what's your neighbor's name? And they have a conversation about the neighbor. And do you mind if I talk to your neighbor? Oh, no, you know, here's his phone number, whatever else it is. And guess what? You've got a referral. And then you've got a referral from a happy customer who talked to his neighbor already, and you're making sure that you're, you're taking care of that, all right? So the easy way to get referrals, to get more replacement work, is to ask the question 30 days after you finish a project, all right? So that becomes really, really, really important. And the best way I know of to grow referrals I mean, to grow replacement base and project work is to have more maintenance, number one, but also get referrals from customers that you've done replacements for, because those are the people who can refer you very, very quickly to people that they know and they've talked to.
When we get back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the residential things that I found, and we're also going to get into commercial replacement. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him, though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign with a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales, too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R O N A N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, we were talking residentially about replacements. I want to end that section talking about a report that Energy Star actually put out about a year or so ago about the fact that more than 50% of all installations are not installed properly. And so, you know, homeowners are getting really, really good at researching things on the Internet. So I'm sure many of them have come across that report and said, okay, well, how do I make sure that my install is not one of those more than 50% who's installed improperly? And the best way I know to do that is with Sensi Predict or Measure Quick. So um, both Jim Bergman and um, Brian Feeney have been on previous podcasts with Sensi Predict and Measure Quick. And those are the best ways that I can tell you because you can give a customer a report that shows that they have a system that's supposed to be 36,000 BTUs and they have 36,250. Five BTUs, or you know, thirty-five thousand nine hundred ninety-eight BTUs, or whatever it is. So you can prove to them that the system is operating properly. All right, let's talk about some other big projects and big jobs. the The thing that becomes really, really, really important, not only from a commercial perspective but residentially, is conversation and communication. If you are going to be having to get a crane on a roof. If you are going to have to be stopping traffic in downtown Indianapolis for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever else it is, so that you can get a piece of equipment up on a roof, people need to know about it. Obviously, the permitting has to be done and everything else like that. But the customer has to be made aware of this is what's going to happen during this process. And the customer needs to be made aware of what's going on in this process, too. So. Pictures are incredibly important both before and during and after. It's always fun to put a picture of a a helicopter lowering a unit onto a roof on your website because people get interested in it. I have no idea why, but it's really important that people see stuff, things like that. If you are a commercial contractor and you do that type of work, they have to be confident that you can do that type of work. And pictures are worth a thousand words, as we've said a million times. All right. So 
what I would strongly suggest from a commercial perspective of a project or a job or anything like that, at the end of the job, the explanation between warranty and maintenance is given to the customer. Now, if they're replacing a piece of equipment that's already under maintenance, then that new piece of equipment obviously will go under maintenance too. But if you're in a new construction type of environment or you're in an environment where you bid on a project for a non-maintenance client, then you need to have the conversation with that customer about, obviously, we will maintain the warranty on this equipment for a year or whatever your warranty period is. After that, the warranty is no longer exist, but that is not maintenance. Maintenance is taking care of, you know, changing filters, and this is why filters need to be changed, and making sure the equipment stays clean, and this is why it needs to stay clean. You know, if they're in a heavily trafficked area, I mean, like with lots of cars going by, the equipment's going to get dirty pretty fast. Um, many years ago, we were on a roof on a, of a bicycle plant in southern Missouri, and the bicycle plant was brand new. Um, a couple of years now, it was pretty much brand new and they kept losing compressors because they were not maintaining their equipment. And the manufacturer basically said, if you don't maintain the equipment, we're not warranting these compressors anymore. And <laughs> it was proven that they, it was the bearings were going out because they weren't being maintained and they proved it. And, and the manufacturer said, look, put a maintenance agreement on this. We'll continue warranting it. If you know maintenance agreement, we're not warranting it. And so that's a situation where a manufacturer actually got into um, telling the customer no more warranty unless there's maintenance, which I thought was pretty good for the manufacturer. Normally, they won't do that. However, they did. So at the end of the job, explain filter changes, explain, you know, as things get older, the maintenance is not the issue. I mean, maintenance is the issue. It's not warranty at that point. And make sure that they understand it. And I have seen some contracts recently on some public projects where maintenance for the first three years has to be included in the bid for the project, which I'm thinking like, yes, it's finally happening. So just be aware that at the end of the project, you should have a conversation about maintenance and you should have a conversation about the importance of it and the difference between maintenance and warranty. Okay, so those are the three major parts of everything that you do. And the key is how much do you do of each? You know, how much maintenance work are you going to do? How much service work are you going to do? How much replacement projects, jobs works are you going to do? Well, here's some rules of thumb that you can use. And we've already talked about for every three people you talk to, you know, 30% of the population will enroll in a maintenance agreement. So if you have a 1,000 service calls a year for non-maintenance clients, you should be enrolling somewhere around 300 to 330 of them. You should get about, a, and I'm talking residentially now, you should get about a dollar of maintenance, a dollar of service for every dollar of maintenance that you have on average. And from a replacement perspective, anywhere between 6 and 10% of your maintenance clients will replace their equipment every year, depending upon where you are located and whether you have salt water or whether you have low hours or something along those lines. Now, these are the HVAC rules. Um, I'm sure there are rules for plumbing and other areas. I just don't know what they are. Um, 
But those are some rules of thumb that you can use. Now, from a commercial perspective, again, let's start with the maintenance piece. Um, about every 600 hours, you need a maintenance tech. And for every dollar in maintenance, you'll get somewhere between 2 and $3 on average of additional work. So if you've got $1,000 in maintenance, you should get somewhere between two and $3,000 in service and project work from those maintenance clients. And so you can see that maintenance absolutely governs the amount of other work that you do if you do it right. You know, if you focus on getting maintenance, if you focus on making sure that you get as many maintenance clients as you can and take care of them so that they renew, obviously, you will build not only your maintenance base, you'll build your service base and you will build your replacement base. So that's why I think that maintenance is the most important thing that you do as a contracting company. And if you are interested in growing those maintenance space, whether it's residential or commercial, I have two classes that are online and you just have to go to our website, hvacchannel.tv and click on products and programs and you'll see the information about those programs and how to sign up. You can also just give us a call and I'll give you that information at the end of this podcast. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you are listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.